0: All right, super. Ready for the word? All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're still gonna teach here, or we are now teaching on uh, the series in the series, uh, the kingdom of heaven. I wanted to just talk about the kingdom of heaven so that we gonna know who we are and what God has done for us. In that, the kingdom of heaven, Matthew calls the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven, which means the rule and reign of heaven. Has come uh, to earth, has come into our lives. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the parables, part two, how Jesus explains to us the kingdom to which we belong. He, he, he explains that to us. It's a, a beautiful, uh, beautiful explanation or explanations uh, that he gives us so that we will understand how the kingdom of God works. Um, you, you and I cannot. Uh, have good conversation if we don't know uh, the definition of words. And uh, we, all, we, we also uh, cannot understand the kingdom and operate in the kingdom unless we know how it works. Uh, there are a lot of us wish we knew how the kingdom of God worked. We, we have these thoughts of, I wish I knew, I wish this would happen, but God wants us through Jesus to know. Uh, I have I have chosen to live my life in a perpetual state of readiness uh, that for, the Lord, for the Lord's coming. I'm expecting his return at any moment, and that's how he wants us to live. Each of us in this audience today should live in the same manner, a perpetual state of readiness. And uh, Jesus teaches us in these parables that when he comes, there'll be people who are not ready. They're not prepared. They, they were not living. Uh, with the expectation of his coming. Today's message, uh, I trust, will address uh, the, the attitude uh, that we have toward the Lord while he is away. While he is away. Uh, we want to address our attitude toward the Lord while he is away. Uh, because a lot of us act like, maybe not an overwhelming number, but at least too many of us act like Jesus is not coming or we have a lot of time. I talked with a young man, actually an elderly man, who was um, uh, in the oil business, he was a driller. And he was not uh, godly and uh, said, well, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna have my fun, I'm gonna wait until right before I die to to repent. And I would talk to him about that. And and so one day he was talking with me about an incident that had happened while uh, he was hit with something really uh, hard, and he thought, and, he, and only the words he could think of, this is it. And uh, now he did not die. I said, You didn't repent? He said, All I could think about was, this, this is it. And, and so I said, Well, that's how life is things come upon you. Even if the Lord does not come in the next few minutes, uh, you could die in the next few minutes. We could, we could do that. So we want to live in a state of perpetual readiness. In the story that I'm going to read in uh, in Luke today, um, the nobleman returns quickly. As far as sure as the nobleman in this story returned quickly, the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Uh, and so he's going to, as the noble man in this story returns and finds some of his servants unprepared, Jesus is going to return as well, the same. And Paul t- tells us it's going to, he's going to descend from heaven with a shout, and I'm looking forward to that day. I believe that this is a pivotal decade for many things to come to pass, which were spoken beforehand concerning the church and the world system, and thus the coming of the Lord. So it may be that we say, well, let's go on to something else more significant. I don't think there's anything more significant than your preparation to meet the Lord. Amen. And when we say that it is, this decade is of pivotal importance, pivotal concern, we mean that it is, uh, it is critical of critical importance. It is of critical importance that you understand what Jesus is saying it is of critical importance. This is not something to be toyed with or played with. You must know and then walk in this reality and never allow attitudes to come into your heart where you have ought with God. you know, you know i 'm angry with God because of of a death in my family, and i don 't like him because of that, or different kinds of things like that, and these things happen even though we are hurt let 's not uh, shake the fist at God and say, I'm mad at you, and, uh, and I don't want you. You know, that's, that's kind of nutty, because uh, it's like saying, I don't like what you're doing, so I'm going to hell. You know, I mean, that's what it's like saying, honestly. And so we don't want to have that attitude. Jesus gives, uh, or gave this parable of the minas, or the pounds, uh, it's a weight of money. Uh, he gave this parable uh, because the people with him were traveling with him to Jerusalem and and his last days on the earth, uh, thought that uh, he was going to bring in the kingdom immediately. And so Jesus gave this particular parable, and Luke records it, we'll read in a short while. So since they were close to Jerusalem, uh, they thought, well, now any time this is going to happen. But Jesus wanted to correct this view uh, of his disciples, so he gave this parable. And in this parable, Jesus explained that the kingdom would not come until a future time. That is, the kingdom would not come in its fullness. It would not come in the, in the full thrust, uh, of the weight of itself, uh, until a future time. But he, he wanted to stress that while he was away, his servants must do their jobs. They must do what he has assigned them to do. And so, uh, and uh, we'll find that. When the, the, the nobleman, the master of the house in this parable uh, comes, uh, he found um, three different responses. Uh, and, and we're given a report on only three of them because he gave uh, money to 10 of his servants, but the, we only have the report on the three of them. And the first two proved successful. And the first uh, servant brought 10 pounds more. The second brought five. And, uh, then, and they were rewarded accordingly. And then, of course, the, the, the third one, we're going to talk about him in a minute. And so let's read the story in Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 9. In verse 9, we find that, that has nothing to do with the parables, but Luke links what Jesus is saying to these two verses. It so says, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. And now notice what he says. For the Son of Man, the Messiah Jesus, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So that was Jesus' mission, and it is still his mission, to seek and to save that which was lost. Now in verse 11, uh, Luke says, Now as they heard these things, now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near jerusalem because they thought the kingdom of god would appear immediately verse 12 therefore he said a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return so he called 10 of the servants 10 of his servants delivered to them 10 minas 10 pounds and said to them do business till i come now, now notice in this in these verses he says that this nobleman, speaking of himself, went into a far country, speaking to heaven, to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And so he says to his disciples, uh, or his servants, do business till I come. Or, or make a profit, be found busy, be, be found working till I come back. Now, now verse 14 says, but his citizens hated him. They hated him, speaking at that time of the Jewish nation, uh, or the leadership the leadership, because we know the first church was primarily Jewish, they believed uh, in the Messiah Jesus Christ. but the leadership that they hated him, Caiaphas and his bunch, even uh, uh, most of the Sanhedrin, uh, all, we only have a record where two of them accepted him out of seventy. so they hated him, and so the high priest. Uh, and all those that were around the Sanhedrin hated him. And he says, and they sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man reign over us. They hated Jesus so much. Why? Because Jesus was good and they were not. They hated that because Christ was righteous and they were unrighteous. Now, now this is how we, how it is in the world today. You parallel the world today. No the world does not want to hear about Jesus. I'm talking about the world system. That that system that is antichrist and anti-god. They do not want to hear about Jesus. And when you and I speak of Jesus, they think we are nuts. They think that we are ignorant and unlearned and and uh, are wishful thinkers because everybody knows that there is no God and, and that there's no God to make anything. But there was a big bang. And if there were a big bang, it was God's big booming voice. And that's what we believe and know. And so, but they don't, would not have him reign over them. And uh, let me just say too that, that many in our in our in our nation, many are, we, we, we rear our children, we, we bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, and we send them off, and I'm not anti-education at all, I'm actually pro-education, but we send them off to universities, and there, some of them uh, are, are trying, are, the, the effort seems to be to cause them to forget their faith, and, and it's always a challenge to faith, Was a challenge to my faith. Maybe you were different than me. uh, The university challenged my faith, and and I remember once I I told you the professor called me ignorant because I told him I believed in God, and so. But that's a badge for me today. So, uh, and also now, as we as we share this, let me get back on point. In John chapter 19, uh, there was some a scripture I want to read. It says, John 19, verses 14 through 16, it says, Now it was the preparation day of the Passover, and about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, uh, Pilate said to the Jews, Behold your king! And they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? I think Pilate was taunting them. I, I really do. Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. These are uh, God's people. The people of God. These were the, the keepers of the oracles of God, the sayings of God. These are the people who had the law of God, the only spoken law of God. These were the people who had the dwelling place of God. And they said, no, we have no king but Caesar. So then God is not even their king at this juncture. Obviously, they don't know what they're saying. We have no king but Caesar. Then he delivered him to be crucified. So this is what I read this because it says his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And that's what was said right before the crucifixion uh, of Christ. Let's go back to Luke 19, verse 15 and so it was that when he returned having received the kingdom he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know how much every man gained by trading or by doing business then came the first saying master your mina has earned 10 minas or 10 pounds and he said to him well done good, good servant well done wow wow you you my one mina now has gained 10 Wow, you did a great job. Because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over ten cities. Because you were faithful in a very little, now I'm going to give you greater authority. So he gave him even more responsibility. He gave him more work to do because he had proven faithful. And this is what Jesus is saying. It's going to be like that when he comes. Now perhaps when he reigns on the earth, he is going to say something like this when he says, come here, give me a report as to how you conducted your life while I was away. How you used the gifts I had given you. How you used the opportunities that were yours. Come tell me about it. Wow. Wouldn't that be a terrible day and say, I didn't do nothing. Wouldn't that be terrible? Well, I just went to church, went back home, watched football. You know, this is going to happen to somebody. And, 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 and so he gives them now rule over, uh, in this uh, situation, over ten cities. So, so I think what Jesus is saying is that in my millennial kingdom, I'm going to give you authority. You, you will be like governors in my, in my millennial kingdom. I'm going to put my people over the whole earth to, to rule uh, for a thousand years. And we give up a thousand years with Jesus, ruling and reigning with Jesus, and also eternally ruling and reigning with Jesus, because the eternity is going to be even more awesome than the thousand years, which the thousand years are so awesome we can't even describe them. So what are you and I doing with our lives? See, Christianity is not just to be chic, you know? You know, it's not just to, to, to be in the crowd. There is work to be done. Yes. L- l- let's look at the other one. It says, likewise, um, the second and the second came to him, in verse 18, saying, Master, your mina, your pound, has earned five minas, five times the investment. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept, put away in a handkerchief. For I feared you, because you're an austere man. You're like an exacting man. You know, no-nonsense man. He says, you collect what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. Out of your own mouth I will judge you. We find this also um, with Pharaoh and Moses, remember? Uh, Pharaoh, at the last, uh, the 10th plague, he says, he says, the next time you see me, he says to Moses, I'm going to kill you. And Moses, God judged Pharaoh out of his own mouth. His firstborn born son was dead as a result of that judgment. And so God is saying to the wicked, he will judge them out of their own mouth. That is, whatever you say to God in that day, he's going to judge whatever mankind says to Jesus. And so he said, you knew that I was an austere man collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow, why then did you not put my money in the bank, that in my coming I might have collected it with interest? If, since you knew that I was going to exact everything from you, why didn't you do something? This servant was unfaithful because his heart was not right toward his master. That's exactly why he was unfaithful. And if your heart is not right toward Jesus, you too will be unfaithful. He saw his master as a hard man who was demanding and unfair. There are people who look at Jesus that way. And sometimes we have to be detoxed because sometimes in the world system, we are so inundated by thoughts and ideas and ungodly things. Sometimes we'll say things to God like, well, Jesus, that's just not right. It is right. Whatever he does is right. Whatever he does is righteous. Whatever he does is good. This man saw his master as hard, and un, uh, demanding, and unfair. This servant had no love for his master. In fact, he feared and dreaded uh, to displease him. Uh, I, I don't know. I just. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can please God. You know, if you, do you have that attitude about the place where you work? I don't know. I can't please them all. I just can't please. There, that says there's an evil heart. And so not only in my workplace, if I have that kind of, I can't please that, you've got, that's an evil heart. So you have to take care of that heart. This guy had that kind of heart. I can't please my master, so I'm not going to try. Ooh. Can I tell you a story? I'm not the template here. This is the scripture or the template. But I always worked harder for my boss when my boss wasn't looking than I did while my boss was looking. I always... I've been out of the oil business for so many decades now, but they, if you were to call back, they would say, oh, this is this guy. Oh, yeah, let me tell you, this guy worked harder. Harder. Are you working harder for Jesus now that he is, as it were, in heaven? He is in heaven. You're working harder now than if Jesus were at your side. These, the first two who came to report, they really wanted to please their master. Every day you should want to please your master every day. And that's why I rebuke myself regularly. I do, I do. If, if a little thought comes in, I rebuke that thing in Jesus' name. Stop it in Jesus' name. You know? Yeah. I've had some tough bosses in this world. Had some tough ones. Some of them just it was hard to please. So you know what I did? I tried to learn what they wanted. and Tried to give it to them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. what What does this guy want? Okay, let me give it to him. Is that your attitude? on oh, your job here? If that is your job, because you're to do everything as unto the Lord. So it's not like, well, it wasn't in church, it was out there in the secular world. Well, there is, in my view, no secular for us. Everything is spiritual. Wow. And do you work like that? Or are you a man pleaser? You, you have eye service as long as, they are watching you, you work. Because you, and when they don't, you don't, you slack off. What that means is that's the way you will also do with the Lord. I, I'm telling you, I, I think I, I'm very serious about my walk with Jesus. I'm very serious about it. I want to walk with Jesus in a way that when he comes back, I will not be ashamed. Yes. If I have time today, which I won't have time, so I won't even tell you that story. Verse 24 says, And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But he said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given. Now, that is a principle that, that early in my Christian walk, I read that scripture over and over and over. They thought the one who has, then more will be given to that person. It's, it, at first glance, it seems so unfair. Yeah, it seems so unfair. What do you mean, Jesus? You're going to give to the people who have? Give to the have-nots. Yeah. Yeah. He says, no, I'm going to give to those people who are industrious, those people who are working, those people who know how to bring increase. I will give to them. That's what Jesus is saying. You will do that in your job. If, if you find your place, yourself always uh, going from job to job, I promise you the problem is not the job. It's you. Yeah. If you find yourself always saying, I don't know what God wants, I don't know what God wants, every time, time I try to do something, one of these preachers knocks me down. The problem is you. Because, because you cannot uh, find a situation where everybody is wrong except you. Amen. You can never not find that situation. Not everybody's not going to be wrong. And as, as Sister Andrea told us a couple of decades ago, one situation uh, she said was talking about a person who was always failing in every situation, being the common denominator in every situation. I I took that. I never forgot that. He says, okay, I have a problem with you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Well, what's coming to all those situations? I'm coming. I'm the common denominator, so I'm the problem. But you and I can be rid of those things if we listen to the Word of God. If we listen to the Word of God. Wow. Wow. Now notice he says, For everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. You know, when you're just sitting on it, this is what pastors mean when they say, if you don't use your gift, you'll lose it. This is what they mean. They're just saying that you'll lose it. And so what I believe that you and I must do is be dutiful to the Lord while he is away, that we should work for the Lord while it is day, for the night comes and no man can work. Here, he says here, verse 27, but bring here those enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. And this is what he says. So God, Jesus is coming back in judgment. I mean, does, does that affect anybody? He, he's coming back in judgment. Now, in contrast with the two servants who had expected uh, the king's return, they expected the king's return. That means that, that there are at, at least two out of 10 who are going to expect the king's return. Uh, The enemies of the king were put to death in the king's presence. Uh, The uh, the example of this parable was very clear to Jesus' hearers. He was going away to receive a kingship. When he returns, he will establish his kingdom on the earth. So he's going to establish his kingdom on the earth. Now, we are already a a part of the kingdom of heaven, but this is going to be worldwide. There's going to be peace worldwide. There's going to be joy worldwide. There's going to be righteousness worldwide. And we're going to be part of that administration. Part of that administration. But Jesus is saying, I will come back, and I'm going to establish my kingdom. But until that time, I want you to be faithful to fulfill your responsibilities, the ones I've given to you. When He returns, He's going to reward the faithful equal to their service to Him. So, in that day, we're going to find out. It doesn't matter, you know, that. that Okay, Don Lavelle, you know, overseer of, of the Fellowship International. But if I haven't been faithful, the, the person who cleans the church may get a better reward. Amen. We don't have to look at people and be envious or jealous. We can distinguish ourselves from, from wherever we serve. That's what he wants us to understand in these parable, this parable. So when he returns, he will reward the faithful. Equal to or commensurate with, with their service to him. And his enemies will be judged before him. So that's what the Lord wants us to know and understand. I, I would like to get into the other parable, but I can't because of time. But, but let, let, me, let me just say to all of us who are here today, you should not work for somebody to give you attaboys. You know, ah, that'll praise you here praise you here. You you should be looking for Jesus to come, and when Christ comes, he's going to reward you openly. Everybody's going to know who you really was while you sojourned here on the earth. I want to say to our young people who, who are here, you know, as surely as you're alive today, God has called you. He has called you into this atmosphere. He hasn't called you into this atmosphere so that you can go out into the other sphere and abdicate everything that God has done. Give it up. Walk with Jesus Christ in knowing that the decisions you've made to walk with Jesus Christ are the right decision. For all of us who are here today, let us work for the Lord while it is day. Let us work for the Lord in this hour just like he's coming in the next hour. In the name of Jesus. Let me bless you. Amen. Amen. I want to bless you today. Uh, did anyone come in after we, we uh, had our visitors? And perhaps you don't know the Lord if anybody came in like that. Uh, after we had uh, uh, recognized our visitors. If you came in after that time, I, I would like to just extend to you an invitation to come to Jesus Christ. Um, if you don't know the Lord, you, you say, well, I don't, I don't know God. I don't, I'm not saved, but I came to church today. You can know Jesus Christ, and when Jesus Christ comes, you won't be terrified. You will rejoice at his coming. Yeah, you will rejoice at his coming. You'll be excited. I look forward to that day. A, a, a friend of mine years ago said, boy, I'd like for Jesus to come today. I got a great retirement, but he said, I don't want to spend a penny of it. I, I, want, it. I want Jesus to come. You know, honestly, at the time I thought, I'd like to spend a little of it, you know. But, you know, I, I've grown since that time. And I go, no, I don't, I wouldn't want to spend a penny of it. I'd like to work until the day he comes and forget all of the other stuff. Yeah, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I want to be pleasing, and I want to be so pleased to see him. What about you today? If that's not you, and uh, if you were just, it doesn't, doesn't matter who's looking. If you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, I want to give my heart to Jesus today. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And every time we can, whether whether we're at church or some other place, we want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Jesus. If you are here today and you said, I'm really not a believer, but I want to be a believer. I I come because I'm, I'm, I'm searching. Raise your hand and say, pray for me. If you say of that kind of person, I'm searching, I'm searching. I was a searcher. I was a searcher. Yes, I was a searcher. I was a searcher. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't searching because I didn't believe in God. I was searching because I didn't like some of the stuff he was doing. I don't know, understand why, that's what I would say. I don't understand why you allow this. I don't understand why. So, so I'm going to pray for you. Searching, saying, "God, help me to know. Help me to know." You know, because there's no way that we exist without God. I talked to somebody uh, recently, and they said, "I don't believe in God." And I said, I, "I'm looking for proof." I said, "You're the proof." I mean, like, man, I mean, you know, you're proof. You're breathing. You're inhaling and exhaling. You're the proof that, that God is, because you know you're not. Because you were born. You're gonna die. To this life let's pray father in Jesus name we pray for those who are searching seeking saying I really want to embrace God I really want to know him but I have some questions I pray that you would answer all those questions and I pray that the person would continue to come and listen to the Word of God and be changed be shaped by the Word in the name of Jesus and for those who are here Lord who have found themselves a bit unsettled by things going on in life Some probably have the attitude, I don't know what to believe anymore. I pray that they would draw near to you and you'll draw near to them. I pray that they would seek you and search for you early and not be found lacking when you come. The Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. So Lord, if they have had a hard time in life, there is no reason to disavow God. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would would take them into your arms. I pray that you would embrace, embrace them and breathe into them your amazing life once again. Through Christ Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.